Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They know home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. One hour from now. Talk to Barton Simmons, college football analyst, CBS Sports, CBS National College football writer. Also, uh, you know, a hip injury might not be the worst thing for Tua Tagovailoa. All that coming up. But, of course, going over the Miles Garrett stuff, everything in the NFL, we welcome in one of the best to do it, Buckeye legend, an 11-year NFL vet, won a Super Bowl, won a national championship, A.J. Hawk joining us on the show, Sirius XM NFL, host of the Hawk Cast. Find him on Twitter, at official AJ Hawk. AJ, thanks for joining us today, bud. Hey, no problem. Good to be here. Back when I was a part of the national championship, it was before the playoffs, so I don't know if they count that anymore, like the old BCS era. Oh, come on now. You know damn well it's counted. <laughs> hey, real quick to you, to you, which one was more satisfying, the Super Bowl win or the national championship? Uh, well, I'm trying to think about, I guess, where I was in life, I guess. When I was, I walked onto campus my freshman year at Ohio State and was able to be a part of a, an amazing group of guys that, that went 14-0 and and won the national championship my first year. So I was pretty naive to how difficult it really was, I think. I was just trying to figure out how to get to class and, and not be late to practice. So I think the Super Bowl, for me, I, I understood. I think I was 25 at the time. I understood how tough it really was to get there. And then after mm-hmm. that, how tough it was to get back. We never got back in Green Bay, which I felt like we should have. So I think probably the Super Bowl right now. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate. You know, they're both pretty special. A.J. Hawk with us on the show. I, I, I want to get to the NFL with you here in a second, but I, I had another theory here where I think the landscape and, and fandom in college football is changing, and it's about to change even more now that they're allowed to, to make money off their likenesses, where, you know, you're from Kettering, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Did you grow up in Centerville? Is that it? Yep. Yep, okay. High School. So you're from Centerville. I'm from Ohio, so I know about it. And you go back to your national your national championship team. Being from Stark County, there were like six guys that we knew from Stark County. I think now it changes where if if LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson win a national championship, while it's a great representation to the fan base, it's not as personal as it used to be because it's no longer, hey, this kid who goes to my high school in my hometown is really, really good, and then he went and played for the Buckeyes or played for Alabama. Do you find that to be maybe a little bit more true now that, that recruiting has changed? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, you are the thing now I tell people, I mean, I have four kids myself, and, and people always are asking me, oh, should I, should I transfer my son to this school? You know, I feel like he's not going to get recruited here. And I always tell them, I'm like, hey, if you're good, they'll find you. Trust me. Mm-hmm. They find kids in fifth grade that they think are going to be prospects. And you had Barton Simmons on earlier. I mean, Barton knows kids probably in fourth grade that are going to potentially become Division One players. Like, these people that follow recruiting and scouting, like, they know where the, the talent is. But, yeah, you may be right. It may be something to that. It, 
back in the day, I mean, if you were the Ohio State coach, it was, all right, let's make sure we get every prospect in Ohio to come to Ohio State, and then we're going to fill it in, grab some guys from Florida, Texas, California if we can, and to try to fill out the roster. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely different now, but I still feel like at least I live in Columbus, so I, I know like, the fan base there, they don't care. They want to win no matter what. A.J. Hawk joining us on the show. Okay, what did you think of the final Miles Garrick verdict and, and what actually transpired on the field a week and a half ago? Yeah, what a crazy scene. Uh, I'm not surprised that uh, it was upheld and he's, he's going to be suspended for the rest of this season. They'll work it out in the offseason and reinstate him, and he'll, he'll be back week one next year, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, I guess the whole situation, I, I didn't have like the – mass outrage like some people did of with him taking his helmet off and swinging it at him. I understand that's a very, very dangerous thing to do, and you can't do that. Whatever prompted him to do it, I don't know. It seems kind of out of character for Miles Garrett, no question. But um, I understand why he's suspended the rest of the season, but I think also he has a, an argument, too, considering he doesn't really have any previous history, and that's the biggest thing they talk about when they you get suspended or fined. I, never, I was never suspended in the NFL, but I was fined before, and they 100% will look at your previous like, infractions that you may have. It doesn't really seem like Miles Garrett has that, so I understand him using that to try to fight it. Um, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I guess I wasn't really surprised either that Mason Rudolph wasn't suspended. If they would have given him a game, maybe, maybe it would have silenced some people, maybe some Browns fans, at least given them a little bit of uh, reason to, to not be as outraged. But I kind of understand both sides of it. AJ Hawk with us on the show. Well, when you were fined, what was the process like when you did get fined by the NFL? Because there's guys who go, yeah, you know, it's a racket. What was it like for you? Oh, it's terrible. So I, uh, I got, I got fined and threatened to be fined for so many dumb reasons. Like my, I didn't have enough white showing at the bottom of my socks. I was wearing the wrong color wrist tape. They claimed one time, uh, and then I've, I've been fined a few times for helmet to helmet contact, where I felt like I was actually, <laughs> excuse me, kid, I was in the. Uh, I was in a vulnerable position, and I just had to react, and someone was lowering their head on me, and I lowered mine, and then I all of a sudden get fined because I was a defensive player. Now they've changed the rules a little bit where an offensive player can get fined and penalized for lowering his helmet. Uh, and, then, and then when you try to present that to them in, in the appeals process on the phone with them, they what are you talking about? Like, I just turned around. I obviously wasn't trying to hurt this person. I was trying to protect myself. And they said, with all due respect, Mr. Hawk, intent doesn't matter. We don't care about intent. It's what happened, and I realized right then, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be sending a check-in. Wow. So that's how that all plays out, basically? Well, now we got so many guys who say it's a racket, and honestly, AJ, that's how it kind of feels. (laughs) I mean, do you think it was the hardest for your generation, uh, especially for defensive players, because it's still going on a little bit, but it seems to be settling down a little bit more over time where they – while you were playing, they kind of seemed to make up the rules as they went about defensive contact. Uh, absolutely. I think it's still somewhat uh, a process like that. I mean, I don't think they were finding like, receivers for throwing crack blocks back then, and that was always my biggest issue. I'm thinking, all right, well, if I'm chasing the play inside out and there's a slot receiver that's kind of hiding, hiding, and he comes back and blindsides me and hits me in the side of the head and knocks me down. Like, a lot of times like, they weren't getting fined for it or penalized for that play. But if a, a slot receiver wants to run a little six-yard underneath route and I go and I knock him off and, and knock him down, I'm going to get fined for that sometimes if it's too high or not in the strike zone. So they've kind of evened it out now, and it goes both ways. And I think it's dying down a little bit. But, yeah, they're still trying to figure out how they're going to police everything 
And I, I get it, you want to make the game safer, but those big highlight real hits that they're throwing these flags for and that they're fighting people for, I don't think are the, the biggest reason. People are having head issues and, and head trauma and everything. It's the repetitive banging, especially between the offense and defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. A.J. Hawk joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter, at official A.J. Hawk. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? Man, what a question. I mean, I, I'm like a lot of people. I have a hard time ever counting the Patriots out, and I get it. The last 10 years, you want to say Tom Brady always dying. He's not as good anymore. They're, their defense may not be as good as we think, but you know what? They, they understand what the regular season is. They, the regular season just sets them up for the postseason when it truly matters. So I have a hard time counting the Patriots out. I, I was high on the Saints for a while. I'm not as much anymore. I, I don't. If if they get home field advantage, then I, I think they have a much better chance of making a run than they do if they have to go on the road and play. Uh, and honestly, I sure in my home I spent nine years there, but I, I love what the Packers are doing. I think their defense can get a bunch of turnovers and really give the, give extra possessions to Aaron Rodgers. And anytime you do that, you're going to have a great chance to win. What's different up there in Green Bay? Because Petten's taken over the defense. The defense has played much better. Is it just maybe a change of the feeling? Because you played for Mike McCarthy. I don't want to sit here and say Mike McCarthy's garbage all of a sudden, but it maybe just the different voice is changing for Aaron Rodgers and that entire football team. They look as good as they've been since the last time you guys went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of everything. Sometimes... You just need a fresh set of eyes on things, and I think maybe that's what Matt LaFleur has been and, and adding uh, little wrinkles here and there in the offense, and he and Aaron seem to be getting along really well and work well together during the game, too. I mean, LaFleur is one of these these young, up-and-coming offensive minds that probably spends 20 hours a day dissecting tape and trying to figure out how, how to exploit what a defense is going to do to you. I think Aaron sees that and respects it, and also they – they brought in the, the Smith brothers on the outside to, to rush the passer. I know they're not related, but those guys are amazing. And everything I hear about Zavarius Smith, too, is he stepped in from day one and has been an absolute leader and a rock of that defense and that team, and people have a ton of respect for him. And when you add guys like that and you have players in the secondary, too, that are studs that can, can go up and take the ball away, you, uh, you can definitely make some waves, and that's what they've been doing. And it's going to be a, a fun test to watch them play San Francisco on Sunday night. People have started to point the finger in the direction of Matt Nagy in the struggles in Chicago. Why is Mitch Trubisky struggling? I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't point to to Matt Nagy first. I mean, what? I, I just feel like whether Mitch Trubisky is is not playing at a hundred percent, or I don't know. No, I mean, no one's really playing at a hundred percent, but he has definitely taken a step back. And I think Nagy's kind of done all that he can with Mitch Trubisky and. I'm sure it has to be frustrating for Nagy that they're not able to do the things offensively he wants to do, and I'm sure they're going to have to make a decision. Like, do we really think Trubisky is our future? And if so, your all of your jobs depend on that. If you're the GM, if you're the head coach, they're going to have to make a tough decision in the offseason and figure out what they're going to do at the QB position because it's not working right now, and it's it's having an effect on the whole team. Their their defense can't be as dominant. Like, you just can't hold up forever if you're a dominant defense like the Bears have. You have to get some help eventually from your offense. Ohio State, Penn State later on today. Where does Penn State rank on Ohio State's rivals? Oh, they're definitely up there. Uh, obviously, the Ohio State-Michigan game is, is I think, is the, the greatest rivalry in all of, of sports. But I think the Penn State game has gotten not it's not that level, but it's definitely close. Uh, I'm unfortunately not able to, to go to the game today. 
But I know people have been very excited all year waiting for this one. And I think each year that goes on, James Franklin's doing a good job, too. He always has a solid recruiting class and always competing. Even though they're, what, 19-point underdogs coming into Ohio State? They're not mm-hmm. – I promise you, Ohio State's not taking them lightly, and the fans aren't taking it lightly either. They know they have a huge game in Ann Arbor next week, but they're, they're definitely not going to overlook this Penn State team. There's historic rivalries, and that's what – college football is a little, little bit more fun in that case because – no matter what Michigan is, no matter what Ohio State is, it's obviously going to be a premier rivalry. Same thing with the Iron Bowl and so on. In the pros, like you have Kansas City, you have Oakland, you have those fan bases, you have the Packers and Bears, you have the Browns and Steelers, but like just like that one, what's it take for the players to feel a rivalry? Because like with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, it, maybe, now, maybe now it is again, but for a while it really wasn't a rivalry on the national perspective because it was always a clock cleaning. You're right. It's definitely different in the NFL, and I was able to, to be a part of the, the Packers-Bears rivalry. And that one felt as close as you can get, I think, in the NFL to like a, an Ohio State-Michigan just because of the history and tradition. And Coach McCarthy would do a good job leading up to it uh, when we would play Chicago, showing clips of, of the old-school matchups between the Packers and Bears. And we got a feel of how big it truly is. But you're right. A, a lot of times it just doesn't have the same feel. And I mean, obviously a lot of it is the fact that Guys are switching teams and jumping around, and you get cut and you get picked up by your rival. Things like that happen all the time where you, you know the other team is a lot better. In college, you, yeah, now they, they know these kids. They play against more than maybe when I was, when I was coming out. But um, it just it, there's still a lot of hatred that goes on between these college rivalries. In the NFL, you don't really have that as much. I mean, I played for the Bengals for one season, and the, the Bengals-Steelers game, that year, well, there was definitely a lot of hatred back and forth, little pregame yeah. scuffles, and yeah. I was a part of that playoff game to where we got what thirty yards of penalties in one play, and mm-hmm. and the Steelers ended up beating us, uh, and it was a terrible way to go out in the playoffs. But it, it doesn't have that same kind of historic feel that I think that the college rivalries tend to have. Super Bowl champ, national champ, AJ Hawk. Find him on Twitter at official AJ Hawk. AJ, all the best to you, my friend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. AJ Hawk joining us on the hotline. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Penn State, Ohio State. We always talk about the rivalries, especially because in Cleveland, it, Pittsburgh's a big rivalry. And it, it is an underlying thing where if, if you're on the side that's been getting your ass kicked every single year, and I'll just be honest, we Browns been getting their asses kicked by the Steelers for a long time. There is a little bit of an undercurrent where, like, ooh, yeah, that's that sucks. That's unfortunate. And there's also a little bit of a current going, oh, finally. Finally you got him, and finally you made it personal. Finally it's not just James Harrison anymore. Like, you have to earn it in the pros. It, just speaking locally again, Cleveland, Golden State, that was a rivalry for four years. Now it's like, yeah, both teams could be pretty much near the bottom. you got to earn it. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Up in a bit, a hip injury might be a good thing for Tua Tagovailoa. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. I grew up and I hated Disney. Go ahead. Give me a call. I got Disney Plus. My wife got it. When did this come out? Last week? Yeah, two weeks ago, maybe. All right, my wife got Disney Plus, and I had no use for it. Yeah, because I keep thinking in terms of last week because I wasn't here uh, last week. Missed you, by so, the way. No, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm telling Chris Moore you said that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, 
By the way, Anthony Lima coming on at 2 p.m. Eastern. He actually liked Disney movies. I hate, I, can't, I couldn't stand him as a kid. So I had no use. I'm sorry. I had no use for uh, Disney+. Plus. And then I found out that they had all the Simpsons. And so I've been going down memory lane for like the last week. Because I didn't know they had all the Simpsons. I go, well, what do you mean you have all the Simpsons? Because every time the Simpsons would be like on Hulu or something like that before. Mm-hmm. But you could only get so many seasons. And it was never the old episodes. The Like the the glory days of the Simpsons. And now I'm going back and watching them. And my dear God, is it glorious. It's made me a Simpsons fan all over again, Tom. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? To yeah. just be able to line them up and watch as much as you oh want. My God. It's amazing. I watch your, Mr. You have young children, though. Your kids aren't yeah. into Disney either. You're not raising them on Disney at oh, all? Oh, they're, they're into Disney and all that crap. They like The Lion King and all that other stuff. I, that, just, I just never did. The app is spectacular for children. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I cannot imagine if a nine-year-old me would do nothing else except to watch <laughs> that app. It would be a problem, actually. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you have to. If you have small kids, you basically got to get it. It's required television. And uh, it sounds like I'm doing a, a thing for them, but I'm not. I, I told people. I, I tweeted. I knew I was going to get hammered for it. I just didn't realize I'd get hammered as much as I did. Because when I grew up, everybody, oh, I like Darkwing Duck, and I like all this stuff. I go, nah, I'm going to yeah, watch SportsCenter. Yeah, I never, I never cared for it. Now, DuckTales, okay. But I got a bunch of people tweeting at me about Sandlot and Rookie of the Year and some of the other ones. And I'm just like, meh. You know, I'm not a big sports movie guy. Like, I, there's certain sports movies that I really love, but I think a lot of them are cliche and overdone and are just that, like, Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side, please. Such so terrible funny. overacting. Kevin just watched it. He just mentioned that he just watched The Blind Side. I'm totally with you, by the way, but it's funny that Kevin just brought it up like 20 minutes Kevin, ago. Kevin, did you like The Blind Side? I totally forgot that Ed Orojon was the Ole Miss head coach. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot. Yeah. I don't mind I, sport movies, though. Like, Rookie oh, of the Year was a God. classic for me. It, I grew honestly, up with Rookie of the Year. Like, there's things that I remember, like Chet Stedman. And, I, you know, I, I, I can remember some of the other ones and things like that. But I, but overall, it's just like, yeah, I don't Chet really care. <laughs> I don't really care. I mean, like, you, don't even, you don't even like Lion King. So, no, I, mean, that's, I hated Lion King. That's I'm with you on hated that. It. I'm with you, you guys both then? hate Lion King. Yep, hated it then, still don't like that it is, now. Don't care. My my neighbor used to work for the Lion King, like the, the tour, and he would give us oh tickets like God. whenever he would always turn them down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't care. Didn't care. Always turn them down. Lord almighty. They'll be like, it's a, it's a day in the city. Nah, I don't feel like it. Thanks, Sean, though. I it's don't okay. Go, dude. No, I, don't, I wouldn't want to either. I wouldn't no want Pixar, to no Ratatouille or Monsters no. Inc. No, no. these are oh, all-time great Inc. movies. I know, yeah. and, and there are plenty of people Monsters going, Inc's "What's amazing. wrong?" I know, and there's plenty Genius. of people telling me what's wrong with me, and I go, "I, I think I do have a theory behind it." Um, when I was a kid, like I was an only child, but it wasn't that I was just an only child. Like I had friends, but I, but like cousins or anything, they weren't in my age bracket. I, my dad was the youngest. And then my mom, of her two sisters who were younger than her, I was older by seven years. So I was basically either too old or too young to hang out with any one of my cousins. So it was if my friends weren't over or I weren't over at a friend's house, I'd just be sitting there watching TV or playing or whatever. And I and, and because my dad was in control of the remote, like I, I watched Roadhouse. And I watched NYPD Blue. I watched a lot of adult themes. And so I could tell you about, like, like kids in my age, Greg, if you're 33, you like the X-Men. 
I had Sipowitz. All right? Like that's that's kind of the way it is. All right? You you have you had Batman, I had Jimmy Smiths. Does that make sense to you at all? Yeah, no, it, it does. It's just kind of an alternate uh upbringing, that's all. But I mean, it also I think informs why I don't know. I don't want to go crazy and call you a prodigy, but why you were so good, <laughs> so young at being an entertainer. Because I, I just think that you were on an adult entertainment track a lot earlier than a lot of people. Oh, man. It feels good to have my ass kissed, America. That's really not. I'm kidding, Tom. What happens when you take a week off? I miss you I'm and I kidding. get soft and doughy and way too nice. I'm kidding, baby. 855-2124-CBS. I, I always pick it up. And there's certain, don't get me wrong, there's things that I liked when I was a kid. Like, there's plenty of Nickelodeon shows I liked. I love Doug. I was just about to bring up Doug. How about Hey Arnold? Oh, man. Hey, hey Arnold. Arnold I liked. Hey Arnold I liked. Uh, like, Nickelodeon. Rocket uh, that, Power? Did you ever watch uh, Rocket Never Power? saw Rocket Power. Mm. Wow, we're around the same age, and I never saw Rocket Power. That's weird. Um, These are not a, my shows oh. growing up. Cat dog. Cat dog. Did you ever see? Cat dog Alone was the cat's the world, ass, man. Cat dog, yep. Oh, my God. That was a great show. And they had Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I will never forget my late Aunt Wanda. And she was an older aunt. And she used to make this thing called mayonnaise cake, which sounds like garbage. And I don't know if she actually used mayonnaise, but it was actually good cake. And I would go over to my Uncle Jack and Aunt Wanda's house. And I, I'll never forget this for whatever reason. She goes, <laughs> she goes. I can't really say the word. She was like this heavenly woman and involved in the church and involved in, in all this stuff. And I mean, she was devout and such a nice, nice lady. And one night I got done eating my mayonnaise cake and I'm in the living room and she turns on Nickelodeon and Are You Afraid the Dark comes on? And she goes, what are you doing? And I was getting up to leave. I go, I, I can't watch this. And she goes, stop being such a... Wow. A cat, a, a cat. Wow. She goes, sit down and watch this. You, there's nothing to be afraid of. Stop it. Okay. And I had to sit down and I had to watch the I'm Cold episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark where that ghost is outside the window going, I'm cold. <laughs> I can't get past the mayonnaise cake. <laughs> it's true. Mayonnaise I, cake. It was called mayonnaise cake, and I went the first time she went to make it. I go mayonnaise cake. What the hell is this in my head? That's it what was I good said cake. when you said it. <laughs> it was good cake. I swear to God. By the way, I'm, I'm a little older than everybody here, but yeah. so my Nickelodeon. I always liked. You can't do that on television. Oh, that I had. I got that show. I yeah. saw that show. Yeah, yeah, but they poured the slime all over you. All right, I'm look. I'm looking it up right now. My Google's taking a while. It says chocolate mayonnaise cake recipe. <laughs> you know, it exists. It's just yeah, hilarious there's... that like Hellman's is the number one recipe for this cake when you Google search it. Wow, this is unbelievable. I just thought it was a figure of speech. This is you make it with real mayonnaise. I don't want. That. Oh, I don't it want says that cake. two cups all-purpose flour, two two-thirds cup unsweetened cocoa powder, baking soda, baking powder, three eggs. Vanilla extra extract and one cup Hellman's or best food real mayonnaise. Oh boy! Yeah, see if I I like tuna fish. If if I knew that tuna fish had mayonnaise in it before I started eating it, I I would never have eaten it. That's I would true. never have liked tuna so fish. I, but I like mayonnaise. I just would I never associate it with that. cake. Oof, oh man. my god! Man. Shelley says it's moist and super tasty. I love the word moist, and I love saying it, which means that people are turning off the radio right now because I know I should shut up and stop saying this that terrible segment. word. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, some people had Disney movies. I had the term moist. That's yeah. what I had. Okay? That's what you get. 855 I like the Disney Channel shows, by the way. For CB. No, I didn't like any oh, yeah, of them. I hated life. them. I, well, I watch them, them now with my with you know, the kids watch them. I used to go over to Andrew Klaus's house and his parents had Disney Channel and I remember I'm like yeah I don't care. Hannah Montana. Yeah. Nope, that I was a no. Living Maddie. No. Yeah. Nope. Not my thing. But they're all what? on there. None. We didn't even touch on that. Star Wars in this segment, which is the well, real draw I, of the whole. You thing. know, you know what I I can't. Somehow you admit. missed that too. Wizards of Waverly Place. Selena Gomez is in, was in that I show. Can, I can't admit what. Why well, I, I like some of her later work. Um, <laughs> I I can't admit what I want to admit about Star Wars. Which now that I have Disney Plus, I'll see him. I promise. Okay. Okay. That's all right. I'm so I'm jealous not, of you. I wish you, I could watch them for the first time uh, right now. Well, we're about to see here. All you Star Wars psychos out there, just relax. I'm not saying it sucks. That's not what I'm saying. I haven't seen them yet. I'll say that this, the whole Star Wars thing is overrated. Well, okay. Well, the, people can get your Twitter account and tweet nasty That's fine. things at you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Big Eight, waste five, of time. Uh, we throw out the number and we move on. You're going to make America upset right now, Peter. Oh, man. He's going to make the producer upset. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up at noon Eastern, Barton Simmons is going to join a CBS Sports College football writer. Also, after a national title, what's the point? And a hip injury might be a good thing for Tua Tagovailoa. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> See, hit the music, 855-2124-CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. There were a couple of sports movies I like, a couple of Disney movies I like, but overall, no, nah, not really. You guys have your Pixar. I had Steven Bochco. That's the way it works. So be it. Didn't end up too bad. You have Mufasa, I have Kim Delaney. That's the way it goes. I have still have people getting in on me to tell me to go watch Heavyweights. I've seen the movie Heavyweights. I just didn't think it was that great. I live the movie Heavyweights. That wasn't that great. I yeah. A lot of Disney. I I, I give you this. I liked Mighty Ducks. Loved Mighty Ducks. The original Mighty Ducks. By the time they get to the Goodwill Games. That starts to get a little bit weird because it just doesn't make any sense. Got some hillbilly from Texas playing hockey. That doesn't happen. That kid plays football. Stop. You have some. By the way, can can the Dennis Stanson? Can he just dial it down a little bit? First off, you're from place from a place that people can't find on a map in Iceland, which, according to the woman, Greenland's covered in ice, and Iceland is very nice. And I know that sounds terrible because I just called her woman like I'm Arn Anderson over here. All I knew is that Iceland is not icy, and that movie taught me that. And I also know that a team from Iceland is going to kick the hell out of the team from the United States in real life. That doesn't happen. And the Wolf of the Dennis Stanton, Stanson, or whatever the hell his name was, I think you could aim a little bit higher than 14-year-olds in the Goodwill Games, huh? If you're that great of a pro, if you're that str- fierce of a competitor, Maybe you aim a little bit higher than 14-year-olds. Maybe you do that. In Mighty Ducks 1, that's got it all. Wrong side of the tracks. Got a team that nobody cares about. It's not even, they don't even have a name. It's a number. It's a district. You find Adam Banks. 
Jack Riley's there, and he's got that jacket, and he likes to do the thing with the cuff that goes over the ears. It's just so cool. Such a badass coach. Teaches you life lessons, too. If it's not, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. I tell my children every morning. My sons are going to be involved in they're they're going to be involved in sports and everywhere we go. We're the Carmens. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. 855-2124-CBS. 20 minutes Barton Simmons is going to join us. Maybe it was the good thing for Tua. Go with me on this. I don't know how he's going to come back. So I can't say this wholeheartedly and I do wish and I know I'm not one of those guys who like the people who make up fake arguments or not fake arguments but the fake prayers and thoughts and all the sympathies for it. I feel bad for a young person who's cut down in their prime and could possibly be cut down in their prime long term. I naturally should feel bad as a human being in America. And it's not just for a college football player. If he was a cross-country runner and I heard the story of him, I'd go, man, that is really unfortunate and that sucks. That's awful. And I hope everything goes well for you in the rest of your life. And for Tua Tagovailoa, I hope a lot of things go well for him in real life. And I certainly hope a lot of things go well for him in the upcoming NFL draft. And I hope that he's able to get over this hip injury. But maybe, just maybe, it's a good thing for him. Now, I want to get to Joe in Oregon here soon, and I promise I will. But if I look over the entire landscape of the 2020 NFL draft, I see teams that are tanking. I see teams that are at the top of the draft that are also horrific situations. You watch the way quarterbacks are, and I can't help but think that while Tua Tagovailoa doesn't resemble who he is, this has Lamar Jackson written all over it. Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate this year. He's a likable person. He's changed the way we talk about it. Lamar Jackson reminds us a lot of Michael Vick and the way that Michael Vick first burst onto the scene. Good enough arm to get the job done. A person that people rally around, that fans rally around, and a guy who who does get along very well with his teammates, does the upstanding thing, does the right thing. The Ravens drafted back into the traded back into the first round to draft him number thirty two overall. The Ravens have a good coaching staff. They have a good general manager situation, which is handed down from Ozzie. They have good ownership. They have strong will. They almost lost their way for a second, and they almost fired John Harbaugh last year. That was more of a Joe Flacco thing. But you're finding out now. Good, experienced coaches, good, experienced staff. Greg Roman does a great job. Dean Pease does a good job. John Harbaugh is easily the best of the Harbaugh brothers. And Lamar Jackson has had a chance to let his talent flourish, let his talent grow. He's been protected because they've been a good organization where they not only have a good quarterback in Lamar Jackson, they also have good pieces around him, and they know how to use those pieces. Mark Andrews, with or without the foot injury, is good. Orlando Brown was looked at as an afterthought in the draft. Too big, too slow, too fat, too whatever. Orlando Brown has played well. The offensive line plays well. They're able to do well for Lamar Jackson. This is a good situation for him. And for Tua, I think, man, if this injury can just scare a couple of people, maybe you might find yourself in a good situation. Because who's number one overall? Cincinnati, right now. Joe Burrow, you're from that area? Good luck. I'm nervous for you. Mike Brown's a tight ass. Your coaching situation, I don't know what Zach Taylor's going to do. I, 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 he hasn't got a win yet. 
I thought he tried to do what was well for for Andy Dalton. That obviously went out the window. They're trying to see what they have in Ryan Finley. It's not much. This year's been a scrap year, and now it looks like they're committed to the bit. You're probably not going to have A.J. Green for very much longer. Hopefully you'll have Jonah Williams back, so you'll have a little bit going for you, but there's going to be a ton of pressure on Joe Burrow to basically save that franchise. You ask Mo Egger down in Cincinnati, they talk about moving that team. Washington second, I'm watching Dwayne Haskins beg his offensive line to help me help you while they're in a football game. Is that the type of situation you want for Justin Herbert? Hey, I'm going to talk to Joe in Oregon here in a second. If you're a fan in Oregon right now, that's, that's what you want for your college player? I don't think that's what you want. The Giants will draft third. They got a decent, and I, and I use this loosely because I know it's a house of cards. Dave Gettleman's been successful in the past. They're not drafting a quarterback. He'd be fine. Miami, maybe they'd go after Herbert. You know, I love I love Brian Flores. I think he's a much better head coach than what people are going to give him credit for. Hell, if I were one of the established teams in the NFL, I'd be wanting to see because they, they're willing to do anything for picks. I'd be wanting to see if Chris Greer wants picks for, picks for a guy like Brian Flores. Jets don't need a quarterback. Tampa Bay might be that type of destination for him. But then I look later in the draft. You know, Tennessee right now would be drafting 17th. Mike Vrabel's a good coach. Robinson's done a pretty fair job. Carolina, maybe they're looking for something after Cam. Kyle Allen not necessarily working out. I know they got Will Greer, but that was a little bit later in the round. Maybe they can go in a different direction. Jacksonville is a scenario. I know you can wonder about Minshew. They were more than willing to hand it over to Foles. If Foles doesn't end up the season that way, maybe they go back to Minshew, or they go, well, you know, maybe two is that type of guy. Minnesota, probably not. Jacksonville, still probably not. And then there is always... Hey, you see who might be drafting at the back end of that first round? If that hip scares a couple of people, he's 42, going on 43. You have a good offensive line coach, a good system in place. You can rest him, let him come along, bring him along the right way, not force him into a situation. You have a track record in the past where there's been a couple of guys who have been flops, but Brian Hoyer's had a very nice career. Being a backup even, but had a very nice career. Jacoby Brissett is a franchise quarterback now. Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback now. You see a guy like Tua Tagovailoa with that injury, but with that type of headspace where he's a leader, the type of smarts that he has to run an offense, it's not overwhelming for him to take over. Justin Herbert, from from the word go, whether he ends up in Miami or he ends up back in Washington, even though they already have Dwayne Haskins, but we've already seen with the Cardinals, who knows what they're willing to do from the word go, is going to have a ton of pressure on him. Joe Burrow is going to have a ton of pressure on him on a cheap organization. And he's going to have another young coach with him. Bill Belichick's as old as dirt. He's a legend. Knows what to do with quarterbacks. Knows what to do with professional football players. Has a system set in place of guys who have stuck around for a long time, have been very successful with him. I brought up these other teams, Tennessee, from that tree. Even Brian Flores, I would feel a little bit better if it were Miami, but it's a little bit too high. It could be in the best scenario. For Tua, it's a hip injury, so it's serious, so I can't go all the way with it yet. But it could end up by this time next year or in two years, in two Thanksgivings from now, it could have been the best thing that happened to him. 855-2124-CBS. I know he wants to talk about Oregon State, but I want to take him anyway. Joe in Oregon, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Ken, long time no talk. 
got my old work schedule back, so I get to call in and bug you every now and again. I thought about you. I I swear to God, I told Tom, I said, I think that this is Joe, the guy who's called in about Oregon State Beaver football in the past, where you didn't want to put too much into Jonathan Smith. You didn't know if it was going to be that great. People were talking about him being the savior. He's in year two, and all of a sudden you guys have, what, five wins? Is five this what five. I'm seeing? Five and We're five. The Beavers. Eligibility today. Oh my God! Is your heart beating through your chest right now? It is. And see, my expectation. I, if I said it on the radio show, I'm not sure. It was four and eight for the Beavers this year. Mm-hmm. Whether they win today, if they pull the big upset and beat Oregon the following week, my expectations for this team have been exceeded. I like where the program's going. Again, I wasn't sure. I was later sold. I like where it's going. I just, you know, I saw a stat yesterday that Oregon State of the Power 5 schools has the second longest bowl drought behind Kansas at six years. Six years doesn't seem that long. But of the Power 5 schools, Oregon State has the second longest bowl drought. And I I just thought that that was incredible. I can't believe this. I think you're right. Well, it's been well. Let's see, two and ten, five. My God, you are right about that. Now I was filling out because I got the Phil Steele book, like everybody should, and that's an unpaid yeah. testimonial. I was filling it out, and when they when I filled out Arizona State last week, I go, oh my God, I go, Joe and Oregon's got to be feeling like a million bucks right now. Oh, and here man. you are. That was a great game, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts. What are you comparing? How uh, the air raid of Washington State. I know their defense is hit and miss. Oregon State's defense has made enough plays to win games and just wanted to get your opinion on uh, if you think the they're going to be the, going bowling. The loss, this is, uh, and, and Joe, thank you for the call, my friend. This is your last chance. I, I don't think you're getting over on Oregon. Oregon's on a mission right now. I don't think that the, the if the impossible happens, hell, I might have Joe just host an hour with me. I think this is your chance. I, I look at what Washington State hasn't done this year. Mike Leach has called them out basically every single week, and they really haven't responded. A win or over a down Stanford team ain't going to do it. I'm sorry. I think that Mike, Le- Mike Leach has tried to talk to him as men. I think Mike Leach has tried to challenge them. There's always these rumors going out about Mike Leach and where he could be going next. He has resurrected that program, but I thought after he called them out after UCLA and after Utah that they would respond. They don't have the horses they seem to have quit on him. Today's your best chance. And because I like Joe in Oregon, I'm picking Oregon State to win it, even though it's on the road in Pullman. Up next, I'll see if Barton Simmons agrees. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.